0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Social Contract, now in its second season. I'm Tavia. I'm George. I'm Cleo. And I'm Ayanique. Welcome to this episode of The Social Contract, the new way to Saturday. First in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his countrymen. George Washington was the first president of the United States from 1789 to 1797. When we left Georgie and Gigi, they had magically traveled back to the year 1776, where George Washington, then General George Washington, was coming to their rescue. I can't wait to find out what happens next. But first... A quick snapshot of our first president. Washington was a courageous man, in both physical courage and the courage of sticking to what he believed in no matter what. As a general in the Revolutionary War, which was America's war for independence from England, he led the American patriots to victory despite many defeats along the way. He never quit, and that's why his soldiers followed him He was an honorable man, maybe the most honorable president of all time. Here's why. As our first president who was much loved by the country, he could have done probably anything he wanted with all that power, but he gave up his power when he didn't have to. After serving two terms as president, he went back to his home in Virginia and let the American people decide who was to become the next president That is one of the very few times in history when someone who had power, and could have kept it, willingly gave it up for the good of the people. What did he look like? Sometimes it's hard to imagine what someone looks like when you can't actually see what they look like on TikTok or Instagram. But Washington was six foot two inches tall, which was considered very tall back in the olden days when people were a lot shorter. He had red hair in his youth and was considered handsome and strong. And despite what some people say, he did not have wooden teeth. And he did not wear a wig. What was he like when he was a kid? Well, the most famous story about him isn't actually true. As the story goes, when George was six years old, he received a hatchet as a gift and chopped down his father's cherry tree When confronted by his father, George said, I cannot tell a lie, I did cut it with my hatchet. His father embraced him and said his son's honesty was worth more than a thousand cherry trees. That story is a myth. But George was a pretty great kid. His parents were wealthy, and he was raised on a big farm in Virginia. But he wasn't stuck up about it. He liked to wrestle, play pool, and swim. When he was 14, he wrote down 110 rules under the title Rules of Civility and Decent Behavior in Company and Conversation. You can read it in book form to this day. The writing is old-fashioned and sounds kind of formal, but it offers good common sense on how to live a decent life. The best of young George Washington's rules may just be this. Every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. In other words, in a tough situation, think of George Washington and respect others. Now let's return to Christmas night, 1776, as Georgie and Gigi cross the Delaware with Washington, and maybe even help him win the Revolutionary War.
1: Georgie and Gigi paddled hard through the icy cold water toward a boat that was rocking violently in the waves. Georgie somehow managed to keep his beloved longboard tucked safely under his arm. A tall man in a long blue overcoat stretched a long strong arm out and hoisted them aboard to safety. The kids rolled over onto their sides, gasping as rain and sleet beat down upon their faces. Proceed rowing, men. The kid's savior commanded his crew. Georgie and Gigi caught their breath and removed their helmets as trapped water gushed out. The man eyed these strange looking children quizzically. He then picked up the skateboard and studied the odd contraption. Georgie's eyes widened. It can't be, he said to himself. What? Asked Gigi. That's George Washington. Hey. You're George Washington! The kids gazed bug eyed at the tall man. That is correct. I am General George Washington. But how did you. Here, check it out, said Georgie excitedly as he unzipped a pocket in his shorts and dug out a soaking wet dollar bill. Look! Washington took the bill and was visibly startled to see his own image. Why? What is this? Who are you, children? Well, I'm George. And this is my friend Gigi. Okay, this may be hard to believe, and I'm not even sure I understand what's going on myself. But we're from the future, I guess. Washington laughed. Ha! Huh. Surely the sleepless nights and battle fatigue have finally gotten to me. No, we're very real, sir, said Georgie. And we know a bunch of stuff about you, added Gigi. Such as, said Washington, skeptical. Georgie rattled off a barrage of facts. Your wife's name is Martha. You live at Mount Vernon in Virginia. That was actually our third grade field trip. Yeah, that was fun, piped in Gigi. You're the first president of the United States. But not yet. You've got years to go before that will happen. And I was named after you. My parents are like super into history. Washington did not know what to make of these unexpected visitors, who were both now shivering. He found two blankets for them. Here, these may help keep you warm. Then Washington turned his attention to his men. Overhearing their urgent discussions, Georgie and Gigi surmised that Washington was leading his flotilla of cargo boats and river ferries, carrying some 2,400 soldiers from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, across the Delaware River, in a surprise attack against enemy forces. OMG, we're in the middle of the Revolutionary War, exclaimed Gigi. We're literally crossing the Delaware with Washington, like in the famous painting. You were right, G, said Georgie. That board is magic, told you, G. We've got to help him. It's our patriotic duty. Georgie scurried up to Washington and tried to speak in colonial English. General, how will you navigate under these conditions? He asked. The night crossing is made more difficult by the uh, uncertain thickness of the ice on the river. That is a good question, lad, whoever you are and from wherever you hail. The fact that our journey has been made ever more arduous by these conditions will only make our attack more stealthy. I insisted that I lead this great mission, and there is no option but to succeed. Then Gigi had an idea. She pulled out her iPhone, complete with an ultra cool thermal imaging case. And it still worked. They weren't kidding about waterproof, she thought to herself. Gigi breathlessly explained to Washington how she could help him safely navigate to shore. Washington was awestruck. They huddled together in the bow of the boat. Gigi crouched down, turned on the infrared night scope app, and aimed it straight ahead. The shores of New Jersey were now clearly visible through the dark night and heavy rainfall. Georgie then brought up a map of the 13 colonies on his iPhone. The two Gs compared the infrared view on one iPhone with the historical coastal map on the other and helped guide Washington as he passed through the ice floes to reach the shores of Trenton. This is a miracle, exclaimed Washington. You both have guided our vessels true. Upon landing, Washington had his men ready the vessels for a swift escape after the mission had been completed. In a quiet moment, Gigi asked Washington if sneaking up on the enemy in a surprise attack is like telling a lie. Oh, not the cherry tree story again. The troops do love telling that tale. Then Washington mimicked a nobleman with a hand outstretched. I cannot tell a lie. This made the kids laugh. But to answer your question, in this instance, no, it is not lying. A stealth invasion is a military tactic that is entirely justified, especially with the future of our country at stake. Washington continued, Now as I take leave of you children, and in gratitude for the feat you have performed for the benefit of our young nation this evening, I remind you of the value and power of truth. Aspire to this ideal throughout your lives. And I implore you to understand how it was only my blunt truthfulness from the time I was a child that gave strength to my character and resolve to my actions. In a way, it was my pursuit of truth in all things that led me here tonight. And I suppose it will have also been my pursuit of truth that led me to become, as you have foretold, the first president of this new land. So let that be a lesson to you, children. Let that be my humble gift to you. Suddenly, the sky flashed with artillery fire. Washington's good spirits evaporated. The great general sprang into action, commanding his troops to take the shores of New Jersey just as, (laughs) boom! When the black smoke and debris cleared, Georgie and Gigi found themselves once again flying through the sky atop what could now only be called a truly magical skateboard.
0: Oh my goodness, that was so good! Let's switch to another George now, the author of the story we just heard, George S. Corey on what inspired this riveting chapter in the continuing adventures of Georgie and Gigi.
2: Washington Crossing the Delaware is a very famous painting by an artist named Emanuel Leutze. I've always loved this painting because it shows how despite the freezing cold and wind, a cold he had never experienced before, Washington, standing tall, crossed that river and led a surprise attack on the enemy one of the most important victories in the Revolutionary War. As I was writing PC4K, I thought to myself, what if Georgie and Gigi were in that boat, along with Washington and his troops, and the idea for the story was born? I love how art, whether it's a painting or a song, can inspire an idea. For example, I continue to be inspired by Cleo's word art. What is so special about George Washington was that he could have made himself a king, or he could have become a dictator or an autocrat. Instead, he was our first president and set a powerful example for those who would follow him in that office. I'm excited that in upcoming episodes this season, Georgie and Gigi will meet many of the presidents who followed Washington, like Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Roosevelt, John Kennedy, and Barack Obama,
0: And now, the artist Cleo on this episode's word art. There are so many words
2: that we can associate with our first president, George Washington. Truth and bravery are just a couple of them. But the word art that I chose for this episode is love. Love isn't just about being in love or even about love we feel for our brothers or sisters or parents. We can also have great love and affection for our country, our Constitution, and for fellow Americans. I think love of country is what drove Washington across the Delaware and is what drives all of our leaders, even today, to fight for and uphold our democracy.
0: Thanks, Cleo. You got to love, love. And now, a quote from George Washington. I was summoned by my country, whose voice I can never hear, but with veneration, and love. As we always say here at The Social Contract, love is always the answer. We welcome you to follow The Social Contract wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember, kids, new episodes drop on the last Saturday of each month. It's the new way to Saturday. In the meantime, check out our website, at www.mytscpodcast.com for Clio's Word Art Gallery and lots of fun content for you to engage with. The Social Contract Podcast is created by George S. Corey and Clio, produced and hosted by Tavia Gilbert, music courtesy of Listen Audio, mix and master by Kayla Elrod, additional dialogue editing by Kathleen Conti. social manager Suzette Burton, production coordinator Tatiana Bacchus, This has been a podcast from Listen Audio, in association with TalkBox Productions. On behalf of George, Cleo, Stephen, Ionique, and me, Tavia, thank you for listening.